Hey everybody, it's Christina, and welcome back to the Pillars or Seasons podcast. For this episode, I sat down with someone I truly admire and respect, Angela Yupe, also known as Angie. Angie is a mom, wife, and founder of the event and party planning company, Angie & Co., who was also named 201 Magazine's Best of Bergen's winner of 2019. Not only is she running her company and actively planning events, but is also the executive director of Smella USA, a nonprofit seeking to confront poverty in rural South Africa by empowering women to stand on their own two feet. For this podcast, Angie shares her story of venturing into entrepreneurship, reminding us all that through any loss in life, there will always be a birth of something new. It's a beautiful one full of life-changing transitions. Here's Angela Yupe. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. So, Angie, what did you do like in college? You know, you're such an entrepreneur. Uh, did you always see yourself here? No, definitely not. I think like a lot of, uh, probably like a lot of, you know, Asian um, Asians, I actually started in college with the intent to go pre-med and actually my undergraduate major when I went in as a freshman was um, floriculture and ornamental horticulture at Cornell. What is that? So it's basically uh, the study of plants um, but also you know floriculture and ornamental (laughs) horticulture so it's basically like plants in an ornamental way which kind of in a very strange way is a foreshadowing I think of what we do with Angie & Co with the floral design and working with florists and everything, which I didn't really think about so much until now um, as we're talking about it. But that is actually, that was my declared major when I went in as a freshman. And uh, eventually I took my first communications course and from that day I knew that I had to change my major because I just loved studying how people connect with each other and this idea of communicating and how to get messages across um, as well as just you know whether it's like advertising or public relations um, visual images or even communicating through you know installation art and um, events themselves so from there, I worked at a boutique public relations agency, and my main um, client was IKEA. So we would go around to their stores when they had openings or campaigns, and our team would work with the media or do you know basically work on the events that we had planned for PR purposes. After that, I then went to a high-end furniture retailer called Vitra, and then later on to um, a textile manufacturer called Maharam, and I was working in their marketing, in-house marketing departments, and also uh, organizing and working on the showroom events and trade shows. So I was always doing some sort of event-related marketing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and then... Um, when was it? Do so you remember the year? I mean, not to age you or anything. <laughs> so it was after um, it started in 2000. So I've been wow. out of school for a while and have had probably, I guess, like around 19, 20 years of experience doing events, starting, you know, going back into like internships in college. Um, how long did you work at that marketing agency? That was maybe two and a half, three years. So actually, um, I left there and I studied for two years at Parsons School of Design for fashion design. I got an associate's degree. And at the time, I think I was just trying to figure out what my passion was because I loved doing events. I loved the PR element. I loved um, everyone that I worked with. But I think I just loved design as well. 
And so I was trying to figure out, do I want to go into fashion or what exactly is it that's design related that I want to be in? Mm -hmm. And then eventually I found my way to Vitra. And what I realized was I love to be around good design and not necessarily be a product designer or fashion designer, but to surround myself with art and just great design product and, and items and spaces. What led you to come out of it? Like, did you plan on staying there for a really long time? Or, you know, what was the transition? But everything was always, I feel like, a really good partnership with each of the companies and a good fit for me during that season of my life. Is that around the time you got married? From then on, did you get pregnant, like, right away? Or did it happen not so, like, fast? It didn't happen so fast. I was, I did get married while I was working at Meharam. And um, it was a great time. I think um, our team there was so amazing and we just, we worked really hard. I always feel like it was this dream team of women who were just so great at each, in each of our respective areas of marketing that we were in charge of. Um, And so I was there for a while and then eventually um, I did get pregnant, um, but then I ended up having a miscarriage and I think that I just realized I needed a little bit of time because I did work a lot and I felt like probably you know like I, I know I was a workaholic so no matter where I was at I was a workaholic I loved being there early I loved leaving late and it's not that I loved leaving late because it meant that I was working hard but I loved the work I loved that sense of completion of um, what our team was doing together and just seeing it happen So eventually they actually let me work part-time, which um, I was really grateful for because it just gave me a chance to sort of recover and just, you know, deal with things on my own and sort of reflect on what I wanted in life and, you know, like physically and emotionally how to take care of myself. So even though you love the work, and I know like I'm I'm assuming part of you wanted to be a mom, Um, at the time or was it not there like that desire wasn't there yet I think that I didn't realize how much I wanted to be a mom until until I realized I wasn't anymore like that that it was you know that you know wasn't going to happen because and it was also one of those things that when it happened it was a shock like we just didn't we weren't expecting it to happen you know we found out during a doctor's visit so after that, you know, we really had to think about, is that something now that we want to pursue? Because it wasn't a planned pregnancy. Mm-hmm. It was just sort of like part of marriage and life and, you know, and it happened when it happened. But then um, afterwards, you know, we, my husband, Young, was just saying, just take care of yourself and relax a little bit. And, you know, even with the part-time schedule, which was amazing, I still was always checking emails from home. You know, I I couldn't help but work because that was in my nature. So eventually I realized I had to just sort of leave all together and just really have an opportunity to have no pressure but just to focus on myself and enjoy life and try to be healthy. So that's what I did. I quit my job and, um, you know, my husband was very supportive of it, which I appreciate him so much for. Yeah. (laughs) And then um, it took about a year from the miscarriage to to getting pregnant again. And I didn't mind that pressure from working, but it did obviously have an effect physically. 
um, I had my first daughter, Lila, in 2008. How long or how was that for you? Not working, especially for someone who genuinely loves work mm -hmm. and you love that feeling of like completion and everything. And yeah. when you have a baby, um, I know you enjoyed your pregnancy, but you know, after you have a baby, everything kind of slows down, even though everyone says like the days are super long and the years are short. Mm -hmm. Being a mom and at home, mm -hmm. you know, that transition must have been so different. Yeah, actually, the pregnancy, the during the pregnancy was amazing because I didn't, I had already not been working, so I enjoyed every single day. I took naps. I feel like I was very blessed. I know that because it's not like everybody enjoys their pregnancy and just doesn't feel the pressure that they have to work. So um, I loved that time, though. I just enjoyed being pregnant. I spent time with my friends. I just tidied up and nested a lot. Um, but at the same time, I was also making cookies. So way back, um, my college girlfriend and I, her name is Eileen, at one point we were both living in Battery Park City together, and she had her firstborn um, years before I did. And I remember at the time when she was planning her daughter's first birthday, her name is Millie, we made these um, custom sugar cookies <laughs> for, for Millie's um, uh, party favors and we would package them in these really nice cellophane bags with custom sticker labels and Everyone thought that we bought them somewhere or that she bought them somewhere But really we made them we stayed up late one night in her apartment and we were just icing cookies and baking cookies I mean, did you know how to like no, I no idea. It? No idea <laughs> She knew how to make cookies and we kind of had a general idea so we just we just made them and they tasted great and then so at the time when I, so fast forward, when I was pregnant, um, we were like, I was actually making some cookies with Eileen. Like so as a hobby. As a hobby slash very side side hustle. Oh, <laughs> Small wow. business. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. And so that was called Melly and Angie because we named it after Melly and me. <laughs> but she was really the reason we started um, that business. So after that, people were asking us to make them for baby showers and other events and eventually we put together like a website and a Facebook page and um, people started ordering from us. So you kind of got like a taste of, I guess, entrepreneurship um, as you were pregnant with your first child. Or was it before that? It was a little bit before that, but through the pregnancy as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you weren't fully not working. It was just like something that was enjoyable though. Yeah. And it was very, um, it was not very frequent. So it, you know, it happened, like the orders would come in as they came in mm -hmm. and it wasn't always like regular or consistent. Right. But when we did get orders, then, you know, like I remember this one time we had an order of giraffe cookies. And giraffes have long necks. That's hard. <laughs> but we had to ship them. And when we shipped them, I think almost all of them were broken in transit. And we felt so terrible because then, you know, if you imagine you're the customer and you have a party coming up or a baby shower or I can't remember what it was. And most of the cookies arrived damaged. It was embarrassing and we just felt so terrible for the customer. But those were the lessons that we had to learn as a growing business too. So you know, you know, um, packaging correctly and bubble wrapping every single cookie, and and maybe just not shipping. Like maybe we weren't a company that was equipped to ship cookies long distances, and you need to you know be in the tri-state area <laughs> for us oh, to wow. deliver them or for pickup because it was just too stressful to ship them anywhere. So it was like growing pains. Like you learned a lot. Absolutely, that. yeah. So after you had your daughter, um, did you just stay at home? I did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for how long? Um, so after that, I never went back to work um, 
for like in a traditional corporate sense. There were times when I missed it and then I would find myself, you know, looking for jobs and seeing what's out there. But then, um, you know, but then the next morning would come and I would go through my day and I would love that time with her. And, you know, I didn't feel that urge anymore. It kind of came and went, to be honest. But I did love the corporate world. It wasn't, I don't feel like I left because I wasn't happy with it. I felt like I just needed some time for myself. So I loved being a part of a larger team. I loved that there were a lot of resources, obviously, at companies that small businesses don't have. And so even now when I look at that, you know, I think to myself, a larger company would have X, Y, and Z available to us or this kind of team or this kind of budget and we don't have things like that now. So, you know, I would miss that those aspects, but what I have now, like that flexibility and the freedom and what I can um, do every day and be around my children, I probably wouldn't trade, trade that for anything. When did that transition happen from um, Melly and Angie to Angie and Co. So it happened when, after my second Kira was born, um, probably around her first birthday. So that would be around 2012. So I planned both first birthdays for my daughters, and we, you know, we kept it very non-traditional because we you know we didn't really feel like we were a traditional couple either because um, my husband's Korean and I'm Chinese. So I didn't really feel like the very traditional Korean setup was you know very us mm -hmm. so you know I made a lot of the decorations and we you know and I planned both of the parties and both of them ended up being featured in event blogs um, this one blog called hostess with the mostest how big was the party it wasn't that big I mean you could just submit your party photos and you know they like the details I think because I made a lot of the details and by the time Kira was um, around one friends of friends had told them about their friend Angie and you know people would ask me if I could help set up their party or they could borrow some of my items that I had like those those towers and things like that and it just happened very organically where people would just contact me and ask me to help them out and then eventually I had to start coming up with pricing and packages and you know what I have versus what I need to make the party work and so when was that do you have like a moment you remember when you realized this could be a business and not just something that you're doing to help out a friend I think one of my first clients well actually there are two one of my first clients who is now a good friend her name is Miriam um, I planned her son's first birthday actually in uh, North Bergen in water, at Waterside restaurant which was been very good to me through the years in terms of um, partnership with referrals and it's great working with them so I feel like her party was probably because she was an acquaintance and not a friend at the time and it felt very official so I think that's probably one of the moments and then there was another party which is the one that's on the main page of our website and I keep that there that photo because it reminds me of it being this milestone event for us that sort of took us to the next level where I wasn't making every single little thing and um, it was for this little girl her name is Eliana and I'm still friends with her mom now through like social media they have actually moved but I love seeing pictures of them growing up but her party was just so beautiful and I felt like and I felt like that party was another moment where 
it was a different level, like moving up to another level of quality of work where I wasn't hand making every single element and being able to curate different vendors together. So rather me being the main vendor, making everything and bringing everything and setting up, we worked with the florist and, you know, um, working with the venue mm -hmm. and having different partners in making the event happen. Can you kind of walk us through that? Because anyone who might be interested in event planning, especially you remembering those first two clients, going from like DIY mm -hmm. to having, um, you know, a budget set and even packaging and pricing. How do you go about that? I mean, I'm assuming it's changed a lot from then till now, but working with the client and how did you know like what vendors to reach out to if a client asked you for referrals um, did you even have a team or were you doing everything by yourself it was pretty much by myself but then i had very crafty friends and so the friends um, were so generous with their time and they would see that i was stressed out and they would come help me to set up or they would help me to make things so um, if it wasn't for them i feel like i probably would have just passed out from exhaustion. So even though they weren't necessarily an official team, they were there for me and I relied very heavily on them when I was stressed out and they were just always willing to come over when I needed help. How did you do that while you're a new mom? Because I heard going from one to two kids is a game changer. I it's mean, hard. <laughs> I only have one right now, but everyone says that's like the biggest milestone. Um, and you are a new mom relatively, like again, to your second daughter, and you're saying she was around one. So at that time, like, did you have a lot of help at home or did you just do everything with your children? Well, my parents live nearby, and so they've always been a great support network for us. And also, my husband um, helped a lot on the weekends um, to make sure, because, you know, event planning, very often, especially with first birthdays, you're working during the week while you're planning so that you could work and do the actual event on the weekend. So it feels like you're always working. And then if you're doing working on, let's say your event is on a Sunday, you're very often finding yourself also working on a Saturday. So the days when my parents weren't helping or my husband weren't, wasn't helping, um, I would just really work late at night. And that was sort of like, how, that was just what I had to do. Either when they were napping, which wasn't even always together at the same time. And I would just have to hope that, you know, when they're, when they're playing, that I could maximize that time to do a little bit here and there. Or just when they're, you know, when they go to bed. So when did you start having a team? So for a long time, Linda, well actually I should say, right now we have four planners, myself, Linda, Jessica, and Marie. And so each of us is um, independent and able to take on our own clients and be the lead. But we work very well together in um, helping each other with our different strengths and perspectives on things and troubleshooting different things. So we're always in communication with each other, but we all handle our own clients. So. I would say that Linda was probably the first person that stuck with me um, in in a more long-term capacity. There was a time for maybe like two years where she was my right-hand woman at every single event. I didn't have to look for somebody else to be my helper during an event because she was like my go-to person and she was always willing to, to work on a weekend. And she was a school teacher at the time. So she's working with young children <laughs> Monday through Friday and then she was working with me on a first birthday event on almost every Saturday. And then one day, one day I just asked her, 
how long do you think you want to do this for? You know, do you want to end up planning events and being a planner also? And she said, you know, yeah, I think I would like to do that. And I realized for the first time at that moment that there is a way to scale this business. Because for a long time, I thought to myself, you know, it's just me. Like when I'm done, when I decide that I'm not doing this anymore, then it's pretty much that's it because who else is going to do it? (laughs) And then when she said that she would like to plan, then I realized here's an opportunity to mentor someone and here's an opportunity for someone else to have additional income and be creative because she is creative and she enjoyed doing that part so so she ended up quitting her job and working part-time at another one so she could then focus on being an event planner so she was invested she was and I was so amazed and because at one point when she did get married because at the time she was single and then so I've known her for a long time like through singlehood to being engaged, to you know, being married, and now a mom of two herself. But in that time, after she got married and she was going to be moving out of New Jersey, I remember asking her, you know, Linda, do you think you want to start your own, you know, event business, doing first birthdays, and you know, when you move to Queens, like you, there's a whole other market there. Like, did you want to stay with me? Like, what do you think? You know, like there's no pressure. Whatever you want to do, you know, I'm supportive of because you're just real. You've been so great. Um, to me and I've loved working with you and she's actually said to me like no I want to stay because I feel like we could grow Angie and Co and again I was just thinking we can continue to scale this like there's a way to grow the company like we we can do it and we're even now still working on a lot of those details because it's always evolving and growing but um, now we have two more planners Jessica and Marie who are great um, such wonderful additions and I just feel like you know, it's a really good time for us, even though we're still trying to figure some things out. But definitely, I think Linda, when she when when she went from day of helper to planner, that really made a big difference. So does everyone um, have they started out as assistants? No. Oh, no. so some of them are just hires. Yes. Oh wow. So what does Angie and Co stand for? The reason we made it Angie and Co is sort of a throwback to Melly and Angie. And that's also why, so Angie, when it was Melly and Angie, was spelled A-N-G-I because Melly was spelled M-E-L-I. But I don't personally use A-N-G-I for myself, which sometimes people email me thinking that that's my name. And that's fine because, you know, my husband calls me Angie and that's sort of how I became Angie, I guess. But, um... So Angie, we kept that way as a nod to Melly and Angie. So Angie and Co. really came from, I guess, the idea that it's never just going to be me. So Angie and Co. Co. could stand for cookies as a nod to when we made cookies for Melly's birthday, um, and when we had the cookie business. It stands for a company, for growing company and colleagues. It stands also for collaboration, which was very important to me because I feel like when you work with clients and you're working in a service um, industry like this, I really believe strongly in collaborating with my clients and getting their input and their ideas and then working from that. So it's not just hijacking their event. That's something that I've never wanted to do. I like working with my clients and having great communication and being able to work on a project with their feedback 
and having them feel invested in it, even if they're not doing the nitty gritty work of it or setting it up, but it's their vision and it's their idea and it's their, it's their baby, really, you know, um, like the actual baby that we're celebrating, but also the event. I mean, they're the hosts. We're, we're sort of there on this journey with them, collaborating with them. So do you do everything from, I know, baby birthdays um, to, do you do weddings? We do, yes. So um, I think for a long time, the Korean first birthday market was a very great niche market um, for us. And we're so appreciative of all of that business and all the moms and the referrals that we've gotten. But um, now that we have four of us, um, it's allowed me to pursue my other interests, which are corporate events and weddings and milestone events for um, adults and doing things like sweet 16s and 40th birthday parties and so now you know we're able to expand and uh, and work with more clients for different types of events. I mean just recently I know you got featured um, actually you guys won um, for a best of New Jersey like the 201 magazine mm-hmm. um, so congratulations on that. I know you're so humble and you don't like talking <laughs> about it as much but um, I followed you guys on Instagram, and I know you were featured on their stories for the day. Mm-hmm. And one of the, I think the party's theme was Calvin and Hobbes. It was so cute. Thank you. That one was actually the mom's idea because her son's name is Calvin. Thank so, you, though. Yeah, no. Idea. Being featured in a magazine like that and winning an award, um, how does that scale your business? We definitely got... Um, a lot of inquiries following that. I also got some inquiries from people who wanted to work for Angie & Co. or with Angie & Co. So we feel really um, just very thankful and honored that people would think of us that way. I actually was surprised that we won because I didn't, you know, I think you're always, as an entrepreneur, like there are oftentimes like people who, like when you feel unsure of yourself. And so when, you know, we, when we were when we put ourselves out there for this like we didn't know what was going to happen and there was no there was no run up runner you know runner up finalist voting they just had that one time for voting for that category and then they were done so i thought to myself like oh maybe we didn't get anything like that's fine um, but when we saw that, we were really honored because all the other the other two runner ups were are really amazing planners as well. So for us, um, it did help us with exposure and with getting more attention, more Instagram followers, more visits to our website, and more inquiries. Not all of them work out, um, but you know we're definitely very thankful for the exposure that we got. Yeah, because I know that the way to win. Um, for Two Own Magazine, when they do that annually, it's mm-hmm. votes. Yeah. So that means that many people and clients like have such great um, experience with you, and they really believe in the business. So I thought that was so amazing. I know it's a really big deal, especially in Bergen County. I think that's the thing that also like kind of took me by surprise too is because when you do something like that, you have to take the action step to actually go on the website, vote, and you know put your email address in. And for a lot of people, I didn't think they would really do it, but people, like you said, they must have actually believed in us to do it. So I feel so thankful for that. Well, so for those of you who don't see us because it's a podcast, um, we are sitting in Angie's office right now for Zamele USA. Uh, For those of you who don't know, she is the executive director of Zamele USA, which is a nonprofit that really confronts poverty for women in South Africa. And I just wanted to touch on that for a little bit because other than just being a mother, 
and you know an entrepreneur um, of a small business you are also the executive director so how did that happen well it happened because of Angie and Co so the previous director um, they were planning every year Zamelli has an annual gala so the previous director had reached out to me to hire me to plan their gala um, I think it was in 2013 I think that year I ended up going to South Africa to see what they did and I remember when I came back from the trip I was just so moved and inspired by the women that I came back and I just thought to myself I have to do the best job that I can do so that they can raise as much money as possible to to have you know to do this work in South Africa and I think at that time it was one of those moments when you when you realize the why of having a business of or of what you're doing and so um, after that gala so after that trip and that gala which was in 2013 about six months later I joined their board of directors and I was on the board of directors for about a year and a half and then after that um, when the previous director was leaving um, Peter on the president and founder asked if I would consider stepping in and taking over that position and so that's how it happened I said yes although my husband at the time when I mentioned it to him he said well you said no right because you're already working on Angie and Co and he said well I didn't say no I didn't say <laughs> yes either <laughs> but I did eventually say yes and um, I have to say the balance of it has is not is not easy like I think a lot of people wonder how it's possible and I think the way it's possible is because I have obviously a lot of good support um, but it's that flexibility so Peter has never made me feel like I need to be here at this desk from nine to five it's a full-time position and I get all the work done and I do the you know do the hours but my hours are very flexible because there's a lot of trust and um, I'm very grateful for that because if it wasn't for that trust, then I wouldn't be able to make my schedule as I need it to be. So I oftentimes wake up really early in the morning. Um, you know, South Africa is six hours ahead. So I'll either wake up really early and do my work or I'm just up early to you know, finish whatever I need to finish. And my schedule in the office is always very flexible as well because I like to be out of here um, on certain days at 2.30 so I can be there to pick up my kids. Or at least I'm home close to when they get home so that I can be there around like 3.30 or 4 o'clock so I can be there as they finish up their homework or you know, to be there for dinner so that we can still have family time. But for Zamala USA, I just wanted to know where do you see it going? Right now... We are. We have approximately 2,000 um, people in the program in South Africa. So obviously, you know, our goal is to increase those numbers so that we can bring our program to more people and to offer it in more villages and start more groups, savings groups, where the women can learn financial literacy and more support for them to be able to start small businesses and to be a resource for them and to be able to be a support and empower them to pursue their goals and their dreams and so that they can stand on their own two feet, which is what the Zulu word uh, Zameli actually means. 
Um, here in the U.S., you know, the way to achieve what we want to see happening in South Africa and providing more resources for Zamele Way 2 Foundation, who are our partners there, is that we have to grow our work here. So right now, um, we have one full-time paid staff member, which is myself. We have a part-time bookkeeper and amazing volunteers, such as yourself. And, um, you know, my what I would love to see in five years is just to grow more awareness of our work and have people champion our work here and be ambassadors and be the people that support us by telling other people this amazing work that's happening. And, you know, we have um, great supporters who donate their birthdays for Zamele. We have different campaigns happening um, to bring awareness. Like in June, we have um, people go doing a 250-mile bike ride from New York, New Jersey to Boston. So they're using their feet and legs to pedal their bikes, literally to help fundraise for women to stand on their own two feet in South Africa. Um, and we just really want to bridge this distance from South Africa to the U.S. And really share this model of confronting poverty that is like this secret that can end poverty that you know we just want that sh that, that secret to be shared with the world really um, because the model is so good and it works and we've um, over the past 11 years had already had 11,000 people being impacted have gone having gone through the program and learning the, our model and and how they can be empowered to stand on their own two feet and start small businesses and save money and work as a community and I love just seeing how you incorporate what you already know you know about business too and that your background was never really wasted and I think that's so beautiful to see that just like because I think that the pace for you has change but at the same time has been relatively consistent because even though that fast pace of like corporate America is so different from being um, a stay-at-home mom but it's, at the same time you're an entrepreneur and you're doing so many different things all at once it's still pretty fast-paced um, and so seeing that and I know you work like really late hours sometimes <laughs> like I'll get an email from you like at 3 a.m. and I'll be like oh I guess she's not sleeping or I just woke up <laughs> yeah and I, I love that um, so I guess like as we wrap things up, um, I want to know what it's like to be a mom and, you know, doing all the things that you do. If you have any practical advice for anyone who might be um, in this place where they might be thinking about going from corporate um, to they have this passion or a dream or a hobby that they think they could pursue, um, you know, do you recommend even do they go full time with that, or you know, um, or any advice for even moms who are trying to figure out, you know, am I just supposed to be stay at home? But they might be feeling like there's something missing. Um, any advice on that? I think I would start by saying that. I think I would start by saying that. I think as a mom, there's a lot of mom guilt, right? And. Um, you have to learn how to let that go, even just a little bit, because we are worthy of having that for ourselves, of pursuing our own dreams and our and our um, our passions. Whether it's to start a small business or to be creative, um, I think that that's something that we 
should be able to have for ourselves. So don't feel guilty about it if that's something that you want to do for yourself or something that's an outlet for you because that is a unique gift that God has gifted you with as well and that's something that you should be aware of and that maybe that's something to pursue. Um, when it comes to maybe leaving a stable, you know, guaranteed income, that's more tricky and I think it's a very personal decision for each person based on what their what their financial situation is. I think for somebody that, um, I mean, it's obviously a risk and you have to decide how much risk you're willing to put into it. And if you're married and, you know, you should talk to, you know, it's, it's not always just like you decide for yourself. Like for me, I mean, and I guess everyone has their own finances set up in different ways. But um, for me, you know, it was a conversation that I would have with my husband because, you know, that's a household decision for us in terms of can I leave my job so that I can take this break and you know and do and and rest and then do this and you know there when the business was very young I had to use my own money or our own money to buy things for for events and so things like that you know if you are working at a corporate job you can save some money so that you can then have that kind of that fallback of what you need to start up, right? Um, so those are, I think, very personal decisions. Um, but I do think it's important to have that income until you feel like you at least know what you're going to do and how you're going to do it and have some sort of plan or outline so that you're not just jumping in blind and, you know, and then risking putting yourself out there and then not having that support that you need to take care of your family or your household. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to be mindful of it, but I do think that everyone should pursue their dreams and their passion. Um, if you're a stay-at-home mom, I definitely think it's a great outlet um, to be able to have that for yourself. Um, my mom always said to me to, to pursue my passion and you know, making your own money is always nice as well. It's like spending money or whatever. Um, but I think it's nice for moms to, to have that. Yes, last question. Mm -hmm. How have you gotten yourself through really hard times? I would say that there are probably three things. Um, the first is my husband. Um, I feel like he's my go-to person. When he, I mean, he obviously sees the lowest times when I'm when I'm at home you know and probably the saddest or most stressed out he sees when I don't have sleep and he's the one who tells me to get rest or he's the one who takes over you know helping the kids or trying to make dinner so that I can have those extra minutes to do what I need to do um, that's probably the first one the second is my daughters I think knowing that they're seeing me work at home um, knowing that they see when I'm not there and I explain to them what I'm doing and then I come back and I show them pictures of my work. I think they feel proud that their mommy is an event planner and that she makes things pretty, <laughs> you know, and that's sort of like how they describe it. Um, and knowing that the entrepreneurial side is something that's not traditional, you know, that their, their mom doesn't work in a traditional job, but their mom is not also not necessarily home the whole time that there's this other option for them and whatever they choose you know that they'll have had exposure to it they also know that I was a stay-at-home mom for a number of years and that I dedicated all my time to them which and and that it wasn't easy 
you know, but that I loved it and I love them very much. So I, I'm constantly thinking about what is the what is the message that they're going to get from me. And and then there are times when I even let them see when I'm super stressed or when I'm sad because that's the reality of it. You know, like mommy's not perfect and life is not always easy. So they see that too and just remembering that what I'm doing will leave something for them and hopefully inspire them as well. And then the third, I guess maybe there's four. <laughs> the third is I have um, really close girlfriends that I go to when I'm stressed out. And they're the ones who pick me up and they're like my cheerleaders. And they're the ones who remind me that, you know, not to feel, you know, not to feel bad about myself or not to doubt myself or not to feel like I'm not good at something, but that, you know, like you'll get through this, you got this. <laughs> they're the ones who always remind me like, you know, you are always stressed out and worried about an event before it happens, but it always turns out great. So just give yourself this time to push through. And I appreciate them so much. Um, and lastly, I would say it's my faith and my time with God. Um, and just realizing that when I am really, when I really feel like the t that times are hard, whether it's for Zamele or for Angie and Co. And there have been plenty where I've worried about, you know, where funds are going to come from or if um, everything is going to go smoothly for an event. And really the only thing that I can do um, is to pray. And that's when I feel peace. And also just to know that God has given me, you know, these jobs, even being a mom, like everything, you know, being a wife, those jobs that I have were, you know, there's a reason for that. And that's, that's who I am. And that's what I've been, um, this really special place that I've been, you know, these special responsibilities that have been given to me and that there's a reason for that. Right. And so having comfort in that, knowing that, like just being comforted by the fact that, you know, God wouldn't give me more than I can handle, but that I'll get through it. And that he has blessed me to be able to do this. Otherwise I wouldn't be here. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed Angie's story as much as I did. I'm so thankful that we had the privilege to share her story with you all. If you haven't already, follow us on Instagram at Pillars Through Seasons or find us online at PillarsThroughSeasons.com. And if you want to reach out to Angie, I'll link everything in the show notes so that you can reach out to her on Angie & Co. or at Zamele USA. See you next time.